So like we were saying, uh, the Sixer Celtics is on tonight, and welcome to our President's slash Valentine's Day edition of Heart in the Paint podcast. I am your host, Matt, again joined by none other than Michael himself, and on this 2-11-19, oh boy, has there been a lot of tampering going on, and uh, Boogie has been playing games, as has most of the players from the trade deadline, so we have some early reviews going on for that, as well as the good old a hot topic of why is Boston look like a total shit show right now? And of course, plenty of other things dug up. Uh, we'd like to give a special shout out, of course, to our sponsor for this episode of Heart in the Paint podcast, and that is KitKat. Enjoy the new KitKat minis in unwrapped, convenient, bite-sized snack breaks that not only soothe your your sweet taste buds, but also give you a nice crisp wafer taste in the middle so go down to your local store and grab some kit kat minis today using promo code kit kat minis for 10 percent off your kit kat minis order so you can get more kit kat minis now that i have effectively pop filtered your ears out let's start right at the top with what are we going to start with michael let's dive into this tampering thing a little bit with the lakers Okay, so there's been some tampering issues going on, you know, the the Paul George thing from last year, the Davis thing from a couple weeks ago, and of course now with the All Star Draft being televised and everything, and now the the next edition in our <laughs> what are we at now? Fourth movie event of the Lakers potentially tampering is Ben Simmons. Not only being a part of Clutch Sports and being a LeBron heir to the throne, also is uh, seeking uh, Magic Johnson's counseling for, for reasons unknown. Does it feel weird that the NBA is spot-checking tampering with only very specific Lakers-related allegations as opposed to all the other tampering in the league? You know, yeah, a little bit. Because <laughs> we have this mega conspiracy that, you know, Adam Silver is going to make the Lakers great again. And it seems like everything, all of these tampering fines point against that macho. Yeah, perhaps we were confused. And instead of making the Lakers great, he wanted to make the Clippers great. Maybe that was the LA team of the 2020s that he's looking forward to. Who do you think is behind kind of reporting on the Lakers? There has to be somebody out there with with such a vendetta. It almost seems like an inside job, just like 9-11, you know? Luke Walton? No, it's got to go deeper than that. Golden State? I bet you Dr. Buss, it's his ghost of Christmas (laughs) future. I wouldn't be surprised if Golden State is pulling the strings here. What if you might you might be on something? What if Luke Walton is a sleeper agent for Steve Kerr? Because you know they coach together. And you know Luke, of course, doesn't want to get outclassed by LeBron, his uh, you know, draft class partner. Um it, it would only make sense. That, and doesn't it feel weird that we never really talk about the Warriors? When we talk about like tampering inclusion and in fact, like Kevin Durant almost like immediately jumped ship over to Golden State, and then Boogie kind of jumps over, and Anthony Davis might jump over. Yeah, isn't that a little fishy? Something's up there. My conspiracy bill cap is like glued to my forehead right now. <coughs> I don't, I don't know, I don't know where the conspiracy is exactly. Who? Maybe it's um, Coach Mike Brown. You know, assistant coach. Maybe it's the uh... who's the other Steph. It could be Steph. Steph hates LeBron. LeBron hates Steph. (laughs) It's a perfect conspiracy. (laughs) All right, let's jump into these uh, post-trade deadline new guys on the teams. So, what do we make of Mark Gasol on the Raptors? This is probably 
the winner of the trade, I'd say, so far. Most importantly because, uh, you know, Valanchunas can't get his uh, citizenship for the U.S. yet, so he actually can't play in Memphis. Oh, wait, seriously, is this, is this a thing? Yeah, uh, it's actually a thing. He He's applied for <laughs> paperwork and cannot really, like... Uh, show up to practice or like play games or anything because I guess he would that wall, bro. He had Canadian citizenship this whole time and was just had like a US visa. Oh, interesting. I did not know this. Yeah, so that's that's a funny wrinkle to the whole story. But so Gasol probably the best free agent acquisition that Toronto has ever had besides Kawhi Leonard, right? Uh yeah. I I guess because everybody else they've drafted right or Kyle Kyle Lowry was pulled from Houston San Antonio, but Kyle Lowry wasn't like an All Star before he was traded over. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, I guess uh, Serge Ibaka. My my yeah, I guess Kawhi Kawhi's better than that. Uh. So, so definitely their second best free agent acquisition of all time. Well, not really free agent, but trade. Well, not, yeah, I was gonna say not a free agent. Um, Is he the best big man in Toronto's history? <laughs> I mean, if you're going off legacy, no, because uh, you've got a dinosaur that was on Bill Simmons' podcast two days ago. Who? Chris Bosh. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, check it out. Oh, okay. That was, it yeah, was a really right. good episode, I, I actually. Like Chris Bosch is like a big... It's like, in today's NBA, he'd be like a stretch four, like a stretch five. Like, You know, there was a big post on the uh, subreddit today about Chris Bosch came out and said he has no desire to even, like, try and make it back anymore. I guess there was, like, these last two years with this heart condition and stuff, he, like, got better and was, like, kind of thinking about coming back and never really pulled the trigger, but now it's, like, he's done, done, and I think he's trying to be, like, a sports analyst personality kind of guy now which is great because he's like super well spoken you know he he fits right in with you know rj in terms of being like the guy who has the inside scoop on lebron (laughs) (laughs) and he's got this interesting insight on what it's like to be a big guy that has transitioned into being a stretch and on top of that he has the other transition of being a first option and being relegated to that third option, you know? And he kind of ushered in this whole big guy shooting threes. Yeah, that's you true. didn't really start doing that until Miami. I think it's interesting, though, the case of Chris Bosch to be like, let's say he never had this blood clot problems come up. You know, Dwayne Wade probably doesn't leave Miami then. Yeah, they probably squeeze at least another decent playoff run. Yeah, like they probably get like fourth seed for like maybe like 2016-17 or something like that. That would be interesting because they would have matched up with the Cavs at some point. Because the Cavs were always kind of that one-two seed except for that last year. Yeah, that would have been Uh, a really cool playoff series. It would have like matched up, yeah. That would have been interesting. Should the Raptors try to go after Chris Bosh? I feel like Chris Bosch could actually help this Raptors team. Well, here's what I saw. I mean, Marcus Hull's, what has it been, two games now? One game? Yeah, only like one or two games. They don't play him at the end of games. Same way they did with JV. It's like end of games, they play Ibaka as their five. Interesting. I it's guess, the- well, does it matter though? Because with the Nets, they kind of just squeaked out. So they were probably looking for more for shooting like more scoring than they were like defense on that. I think the, if the Nets particularly, you know, you've got, um, they play like one big as well. It's like Jared Allen and like Thad Young. Yeah. Thad Young is really just big, like yeah. a six, nine power forward. So yeah, it's he's not even that big. Yeah. You can get away with a Baca and that like extra athleticism. Cause that was a high scoring game, big pace game. So I think speed wise, Also, remember when we when we uh, talked about this last time, you know, I think they intentionally picked him just to match up with Joel and beating the playoffs because of the uh, like statistical size. record of size and holding him under twenty points the last 
eight or so matchups. Yeah, it does seem like they're trying to capitalize on however long Kawhi is still there. Yeah, and, and that's, really, that's good. Put together a title run. <laughs> Interesting how we see this more now. Like, Toronto, Philly, Dallas a little bit. It's like, you know, big marquee uh, agents. Uh, you know, they, they need to see the promise that you're putting pieces together with them to, like, you move forward to a championship rather than just get, like, one or two bench pieces and then just keep developing. It's like people really want to, like, instant improvements a lot faster now just to show that you're, like, committed to their same level of, like, championship aspirations. I think a lot of that has to do with the player contracts as well. I mean, what are the chances that a guy like Anthony Davis with that kind of talent will be there for six, seven years in a small market? Um, and Philly's not exactly a small market, but they've essentially been irrelevant since AI. And so it's it's a way of keeping Embiid and Ben Simmons kind of engaged before they can just kind of walk away. Jeremy Lin is a Raptor. Bought out. Heading north of the border. That's pretty high. Uh, what, what exactly does Jeremy Lin bring to the table at this stage of his career? Well, he's still like a pretty good bench, like spark plug off the bench kind of guy. Um, you know, in Atlanta, they were, they kind of go 50-50 between ending games between him and Trey Young and sometimes playing them together. I think mostly it's a uh, kind of offensive flow guy just because he's a little more of a vet now than he used to be. So, you know, get the play set up, pass the ball to the big man, Oh, the shooter's cutting, you know, whatever. And and it gives you another insurance policy now that Freddie V is out. So you have to need a backup point guard and a little more offensively gifted than Kyle Lowry, I think. But obviously defensively is a little more questionable. Do the Raptors start Siakam? Um... I think sometimes they do. I think it's matchup dependent, whether they start him or Ibaka. Because I think it'd be really interesting to watch Jeremy Lin do like us in the second rotation, the the pick and roll with whoever is kind of there for. That'd be kind of interesting. I really am starting to like the Raptors team a lot. Like it's it has the right and maybe this is a nice transition to uh Boston being a shit show right now, but it's like seems like the Raptors have a very good idea of, you know, this is where I fit into the rotation and where I solve the puzzle to get us to a championship. And I'm going to generally stay in my lane. And it's like, Kawhi's our, Kawhi's our dude. And, you know, like Ibaka, Siakam, all these other guys are like perfect glue guys, it seems like. See, I've actually been on the opposite end. I've actually, you know, if there's Raptor stock... I'm kind of selling it right now. I don't I'm not know against selling I'm... it, but I'm I am saying that they do have the 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 you know the positions figured out. You know, Kawhi just does not look engaged, and I don't know if they're trying to pull like a New England Patriots style of playoff run where the Patriots are garbage in the regular season and then they just turn it on for the playoffs and then go out and win a Super Bowl. I could see Kawhi flipping that switch I mean, end of April, you know, as they go into the first round. But right now, he just – sometimes he just looks kind of out of it on offense with the rest of the team. Like, everybody else is kind of just like this role player, and he's kind of this free safety hunting around the court. It's a little weird. I can, I can see your concern, but I think it's mostly a uh... – I think it's just a mid-season slump. I mean, you see it with a lot of the good teams. You know, at, at this time of the year, you can be like, well, we got a week until All-Star break. It's okay to drop a few games because I'll get, like, three weeks of rest then, and then we'll just power through until the playoffs, or some people rest on the other side of the All-Star break. So I think it's not a whole lot to look into, but, um, you know, 
Kawhi is a uh, what is it? Finals MVP, Defensive Player of the Year. Like he knows how to get into championship caliber shape. You know. Yeah, I'm just wondering if after not really playing at all last year, the fitness is catching up to him a little bit. That's a legitimate concern, I think. Speaking of fitness, uh, Boogie Cousins. He's been actually doing pretty good since coming back from that injury. Of course, he definitely looks steps slow. Uh, you know, His running looks a little weird now, but... You know, he's putting up 14, six and a half, you know, three and a half, and just, you know, 23 minutes per game. Uh, you know, he he closed some games with with their, you know, all-star lineup pretty much. Uh I think it I think it's working out pretty well for him right now. I think they just kind of gradually increase the minutes load until you know, they can't keep him out on the floor because he's too slow. Is it boring that he has seamlessly fit into the Golden State lineup? Yeah, honestly, yeah. <laughs> I think we all wanted, like, some great schism to happen and, like, shouting on the sidelines and, like, ejections. Team Draymond versus Team Boogie versus Team Katie. Yeah, you know, the team with the most potential for, like, technicals in a season, you know? <laughs> But uh, no, it's like he's just like mellowed out so much. It seems like there's three is, balls there too. It's great. Yeah. Is there any way that Golden State right now doesn't, I don't know, win the title but lose only two games? Uh, like right now, I, I would say. His ACL. Okay. So <laughs> bar, barring injury. <laughs> I, I don't see them dropping a game in the first round. And then I think they go 4-1, 4-1 in the next couple rounds. So they might only lose two games by the time they get to the finals. I could see a 4-2, like with OKC, obviously, being the only contender, right? Yeah. It looks like Denver and Houston are not really going to be able to make that final jump to kind of stretch out to a Western Conference final, but it seems knows? like Denver and Houston have both I know Chris Paul like just came back and Harden's still killing oh, it. But Capella's like still out. Yeah, and Capella's still out, but it's like it seems like they've kind of uh capped off their momentum. It seems like they aren't gonna get any better this year, I guess. You know, it's they felt like one step away still and with boogie back now they're like a step and a half away and they didn't really change a whole lot i think it's interesting though they've actually done the Cavs midseason reload where some of those guys in the starting lineup are not even there anymore you know when we think about trevor ariza was there before the beginning of the year ryan anderson he's gone too Eric Gordon's been out for a long time and then he's kind of come back a little bit. CP3 was out for a while. Capella's out. And then they brought in G-Leaguer Daniel House and uh, was it Austin Rivers? Austin Rivers. Austin Rivers, yeah. And uh, Kenneth Fareed. Like, they've just sort of done what the, the Cavs sort of did in that reload midseason and see if it just kind of works out. Yeah, you got to remember, too, uh, IT4 is on Denver's roster still. Yeah, but he probably won't get significant minutes from here on out. Hey, uh, hey I think... know, if he gets you 12 points in a fourth quarter of a game that you win, I think it's worth it, right? I mean, it'd be sick if they could walk out Michael Porter Jr. just for the playoffs. That'd be sick. <laughs> Put him on, have everybody just carry him on a stretcher and just have him shoot a layup. I've actually seen some rumblings that Houston might try to go after Markeith Morris. Wizards Markeith? Yeah. I don't think he's actually on the Wizards anymore. I think he's on the Pelicans. And then I think he's been bought out or something. Like, I, I mean, basically he's in the buyout market. He could fit. I mean, it'd be like a second PJ Tucker, right? Yeah. Does he shoot the three? Or is that just the other brother? No, they both play about exactly the same. 
Oh, really? I thought one would be like an inside guy, one would be like an outside guy. Does that be kind of fun? But I don't actually know enough about the Morris brothers to care. Yeah, so um, do you see the uh, Dallas-Houston highlights from last night? Yeah, Luca looked amazing. <laughs> yeah, Luca looked crazy. Uh, he also just got his ankles destroyed by P.J. Tucker last <laughs> night. And then, of course, yeah. he missed the layup, but it was like, oh, my God. So Luca is like the best draft pick in like the last five years, right? Uh no. I mean Ben Simmons is Ben Simmons two was years out ago? two years. Yeah, he's out one year. He missed he missed his rookie year and then he came back and then he won rookie of the year. I mean, how can you not <laughs> Ben Simmons? <laughs> okay, okay, For but sure. give but give uh, you know, Luca like another year and we'll come back to this question, you know. Well, I mean, he's clearly a better shooter at this time in his career than Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons shot a three, by the way. Can we let's, let's jump into the Sixers talk? Ben Simmons shot a three, like in game, like on purpose. Yeah, I I had to watch the highlights to like make sure you weren't joking with me, and it's like, <laughs> oh crap, he did. And it wasn't awful, like clearly a better shot than Fultz or Lonzo or Giannis. Ugh. <laughs> Giannis's threes look ugly too, by the way. <laughs> Do you think Benson is gonna attempt a three in the All Star game? I think he's gonna attempt like a three sixty alley oop or like a, uh, you know, a self loop off the backboard or something. He's he's a showboat. Like at heart, he loves to showboat. So I, I well, he's Aussie. He is Aussie. Uh, Tobias Harris. What? I think he's played two games for Philly. Really good. Yeah, he he looks like he's clicking already. Yeah, is it weird that Jimmy Butler is now? Is it weird that Jimmy Butler is like the fourth option on that team? It's really weird to say because when you think about it, like. Like, if you were going to have, like, a guy ISO perimeter, I think Jimmy's probably the best ISO perimeter guy. Tobias gives you a little more better all-around game than, than offensively than Jimmy does, I think. But... Well, Tobias seems way better off the ball. And the Sixers, I believe, are either second or third in terms of team assists per game. So there's a lot of ball movement, which isn't necessarily jimmy butler's game it used to be before he was a superstar so i mean <laughs> I, I don't know I, I mean maybe he's getting the realization that charles mentioned it you know jimmy butler gets his head out of his ass and like decides to you know not care about shots or attempts just like play ball yeah I mean, also at the same time, he's like guarding their best perimeter player too. So that helps a lot for, I think, Tobias because I think in Clipperland, he was guarding like the small forward for the other team. So that's switching super nice. Like if you just have to switch like Jimmy and Tobias, like that's pretty good. Yeah, Tobias Harris, I guess. I didn't think he'd be as good a shooter as his stats kind of suggested. I just figured it was uh, uh, good stats, kind of bad, not bad team, but I guess average team. Mm -hmm. But he looks pretty freaking good. Yeah, I mean, he was like kind of borderline all-star this year, right? Like, Yeah, if he was in the East, he would have been an all-star. Um, and then, of course, before he got like moved around a whole lot, like... You know, his three was always kind of bad in the Detroit days and uh, even before then. So it's like maybe he's figured it out. Yeah, and I think it, part of it's a game change too. Like he used to be like an undersized four and now he's like just a big three. So no pun intended, but... Uh, that, Does he make Philly the favorite? Yeah, I think so. East? I think people are switching their guns from Boston to Philly, especially with the... Uh, chemistry issues going on for the Celtics you know I think the way to fix Boston might be to move Jason Tatum from the starting lineup to the bench and put Jalen Brown in in the starting 
See, I used to think that too, but then you watch Jalen Brown like start a game, and he like does like two turnovers and shoots 0 of four, and like people leave him open from three. You know, like I really want Tatum in. Yeah, I. I think the problem is like Gordon Hayward. Really, you feel obligated to give him minutes because he's coming back, and he's like you're paying him all this money. Yeah. And like you know, him and coach are like best buds. And Do you think ugh. they should bench Gordon Hayward for the rest of the year? Just like tell him to heal up his leg and come back healthy next year, and give those minutes to Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Yeah, unfortunately, I think that's the uh, best choice. Like, I haven't really seen any good Gordon Hayward like moments, which is kind of sad, but. Uh, you got to do what's best for the team, right? And, you know, let's remember, like, Paul George's first year after that leg injury wasn't anything special, and look where he is now, you know? That's a good point. And we've seen it with Kawhi as well. He's still kind of working back a little bit because he doesn't do the back-to-backs and things like that. Yeah, and, you know, it's totally worth it to, you know, take a hit now if it means you play three more years, right? Especially on that team, where he's already signed the long-term deal and everything, and he's going to be there for a while. Uh, MVP updates. Who's... Give me your... Has anything changed in the pecking order? So I think last time, I think we had Giannis 1, Harden 2, PG 3, Embiid 4, Steph 5. Anything changed in that? I think... I was a little flip-flopped on you with Embiid and Paul George. I think I had Embiid higher. Um, I think these last couple of days, especially yesterday, with a 47-point triple-double, alongside Russ with a 20-some-point triple-double. Yeah, I think Paul George is snagging that spot for me, the number three MVP. Are they the first teammates to have triple-doubles in the same game? Uh, I think it's 20-plus point triple-doubles in the same game. Jesus Christ, that's awesome. Yeah, what do you make of... Uh, so Russ is probably going to average another triple-double. But I guess the narrative is gone because now he actually has help on that team and that team is actually good. This is Paul George's statistically best year in every category except blocks. Is it weird that Russ is averaging a triple-double again for the third straight year and no one gives a shit? Like, does this sort of have a referendum on his MVP year? Well, let's let's let me throw you two stats real fast. One is that game last night he broke the record for most consecutive triple doubles. Ten, ten, in ten, a row. ten yeah. in a row. At the same time, he also has averaged uh, triple doubles for his last two hundred and eighty games. <laughs> so, um, but is it just uh, stat padding? Like is he just is he just hunting for like a rebound here to like I think I I think we've all figured out that's part of it is like the team has bought into let Russ and PG shoot let them get the assists let them get the rebounds um and all of us other guys will play defense or take like open shots you know um which sounds like an awful team to play on by the way like I wouldn't want to do that I don't want to take more shots than that but like it's working like they're locked in right now with this like Six five, super athletic, like all black wings and Steven Adams. It's great. Yeah, it just feels weird because Harden is also on this streak of thirty point games, thirty games in a row now. I think he's done, and it seems like his game and Russ they're not the same. Uh, I guess logistic games, but they're both basically stat hunting. And yet Harden is getting like MVP credit for it, while Russ, who has a better win like record this year, is getting like shit on for it. And they're both exactly doing the same thing. Like Harden is going out there and trying to get thirty points by just jacking up shots. Yeah, um, I don't really know what to say about that. I feel like if you had to do like an irreplaceability game, like. If you take Westbrook off of the Thunder, you can replace him with like three to four other players that are probably going to net you more wins. 
Whereas, like, if you take Harden off the Rockets, it feels like you could maybe replace them with one or two guys at most. I think that's the argument, really. Yeah, it just it feels really weird these last three years because obviously Harden uh, was in the the year that Russ won it. Harden was second, and then obviously Harden won it last year, and then Harden's kind of back in the race again. So he he could have had a stretch where he would have won three straight MVPs, and likewise, that's the same time frame that Russ is averaging triple doubles. At the same time, LeBron and Anthony Davis have been third and fourth in both of those. Right? <laughs> no, yeah, uh, but LeBron, like LeBron is LeBron, and he just he does his twenty-seven, seven, seven all the time, which is crazy. And then Anthony Davis has just been a fucking monster since Boogie left. I think it, you know it comes down to like I think. You know, if if stats are the same, you know, people are going to look at which which player has less help. That's going to be the narrative, right? And if you look at Harden's team on paper, it looks pretty trash, especially with CP out and Capella out. And, like, teams know this, and he's still putting up. I know he's shooting more and shooting at a worse percentage. Like, he's already <laughs> missed more shots than stuff's even taken this year. But... <laughs> You know, you get the point. It's like that year that Russ won it, you know, it was the year KD left, you know. Uh, it was the year uh, they just got Oladipo or something, you know. So it, it looked like his team was garbage except for him, you know. Yeah, it just feels like a really interesting thing that we're going to look back on in like five years was this three, four-year stretch where Golden State was by far the best team. And then we have this Russ versus Harden uh, narrative that kind of played out from, you know, their playing days, obviously, in college to being on the same team to then going off different paths. And then, you know, now it's like OKC has Paul George, which is basically discount Kevin Durant, probably better defensively, but at least offensively, like a discount Kevin Durant. And then Dennis Schroeder can kind of be this weird... Harden six man bolt of energy scoring threat. Just speaking of bolts of energy, let's uh, hop into the last of the All Star events that we haven't talked about yet, and that's because I think the rosters were announced yesterday. I yeah, I think yesterday. Yesterday evening, and that is the celebrity All Star game. Of course, that is the most exciting event at All Star weekend because you never know. Who's going to pop up? Who's going to take a celebrity shot? You know, who's going to do some shenanigans, changing jerseys or tying people's shoes or bringing a kid Which in girl, from the stands? Yeah. Which girl's going to get hit on in the game? Yeah, so so I don't know half the people on this list, but... Uh... Neither do I, but I think it's an interesting list nonetheless. <laughs> so let's just go right down the list. So for your home team, you've got... Mike Coulter, the uh, actor of Luke so, Cage. One thing is the home team, I believe, is supposed to have some sort of connection to either Charlotte or North Carolina in general. Ah, you see a trend here. Yeah, I think this was meant to be like a deliberate. Uh, I don't want to say Charlotte teams. I don't think all these people are from Charlotte, but like a North Carolina. Yeah, team. some some type of local kind of kind of. Uh, homegrown celebrity okay i can see a little bit some of these names i get but some of them i, I just have no clue so mike coulter of luke cage uh chris daughtry the musical american idol guy yeah american idol guy terrence J. I don't know who that is uh famous los <laughs> <laughs> dr oz okay i he's got to be the oldest guy on this list right uh i no, I think there's actually on the away team. I think there's actually a, a legacy spot for somebody. But uh, yeah, keep going. Okay, so yeah, Doctor Oz, Rhapsody, rapper, obviously. Uh, Bo Reinhardt. <laughs> if you could see my face right now, I just would be so confused. Uh, I sure hope they play in the Bo Jangles like arena, or whatever it's called, Bo Jangles Coliseum. <laughs> that, that would that would be awesome. So you got uh, JB Smooth, uh, Steve Smith. Ajo Wilson. 
yeah, she, uh, well, I guess she's no longer in college. I think she's WNBA now, but uh, basically she's just another tall girl. Probably the ball. best player on the list. Um, Close. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I think on age, because I think she's only like 20. So uh, then you got Jay Williams. I know who that is. Fuck Duke. But yeah, that's why you broke your legs, dude. Uh, <laughs> Jason Weinman. Uh, okay. And then your away team. Uh, Coached by Sue Bird. Really? Wow. Yeah. This is why I think this team's actually going to win. This team, I think, is going to win. I think so you have uh, Ronnie2k, the worst community manager of any video game <laughs> ever fucking made. This guy repeatedly does not respond to tweets. He does not upgrade the servers. He is a problematically added millions of dollars of microtransactions to that fucking game, and yet I still buy it every year. <laughs> All right. Uh, then you got Ray Allen, of course. Jesus Shuttleworth. Why, why is Ray Allen playing in this game? It's got to be an MJ thing, right? Like some Jordan connection, right? I don't know. Like I'm trying to figure out why Ray Allen is in this game. The start of a comeback. This, I mean, they have Jay Williams as like a you know retired basketball player for the other team, but Jay Williams is clearly not on the same caliber as Ray Allen. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right, I uh, keep going. So uh, AJ Buckley. Uh, Seal team actor, okay. Uh, Bad Bunny, recording artist, sure. Stephanie Dolson, uh, WNBA Chicago Sky Center. So that's their... I think this is the most WNBA I'm going to watch. That's their, like, free WNBA pick, you know? Mark Lassery, co-owner of Milwaukee yeah. Bucks. He plays, like, every year. And he's probably the oldest guy. Uh, Asan Minaj... Yeah, he's actually a really cool, interesting comedian uh, out of California, and he's super into basketball and super into, like, shoes, like, sneakers. I like, think I've seen this sneakers. guy show once or twice. Like, he really knows, like, his stuff when it comes down to the Kobe's and the Kyrie's. Like, it's pretty crazy. Like, he's going to have some fresh shoes. Yeah, Quavo, I think he played last year. Yeah, he won MVP last year. Yep. Uh, then Adam Ray and Brad Williams, both from last night. I think they played in the past, or maybe yeah. I want to. I want to say they have. Uh, Amanda Seals, uh, rising star, sure. James Shaw Jr., the hometown pick for the away team. So, uh, looking at this list, do you think this is your uh, best all-star team, celebrity team of the decade, or what? I mean, it's got Ray Allen. <laughs> So, legitimately, he might be able to ball. And then Quavo, I think, can ball. And Hassan Minaj is going to have some dope shoes. I mean, it's not going to be as good as Justin Bieber versus Kevin Hart. Um, do you think they should have, like, a third round? So, you know how the actual All-Star game has that third uh, round legacy spot? Do you think they ha should have a third round where you get to draft a Michael Jordan? So, you can either get Michael Jordan... Uh, Hornets owner or Michael B. Jordan? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. No, you know, the, the I think the biggest... Uh, I think two misses from this list. I think Ronnie2k is part of the reason why this person isn't on there, but they used to have a female uh, community director. She used to host, like, the award shows and shit like that for the 2K... Um, Rachel Demita, she used to play in the games. She was pretty good. She used to play oh, yeah. in college really a couple good. years ago. Yeah. Yeah, and they're missing um, the YouTube guy that does the impressions, B.A. I think his name's like Brandon Armstrong or something. Mm -hmm. He's really cool. He, you know, he does all the skits where he like wears the guy's jersey and does all their motions and pretty funny dude it would be great to see him this year with the hardened double step back because it was like last year he did like the 17 step euro. <laughs> Yeah, there are like two additions to the All-Star Weekend that I'd like to see. One is Mark Zuckerberg should come into the Celebrity All-Star Game. It might actually help his whole, uh, I don't know, like pseudo-apology tour. It might actually help if people got to see this dude suck at basketball for like 30 minutes. Uh, and I think that Ice Cube's Big Three League 
they should they should have like an event spot uh, Ooh, that would be again. a really good cross promotion yeah as like a i don't know exhibition game i guess yeah you could have them play like five on five with like just like a big three like preseason yeah bring in the champions of the big three and then you have three fans or something um you know three fans who win some kind of contest I, w- I would be down to that i need to watch some more big three i haven't i haven't didn't pay attention to that a lot last year yeah there's a lot of basketball so uh where, where does that leave us now michael so i think I've, I've kind of been pondering this idea for a while where people keep complaining about the super teams and the aau pickup style way that basketball kind of works and how there's basically just an arms race now with Toronto and Philly and Golden State and Houston and potentially the Lakers uh, and the Knicks and people just kind of get discouraged because the small markets sort of get squeezed out. So I've come up with a way of fixing uh, the AAU super team era. And that is we just eliminate six teams from the NBA. If we cut out six teams and redistribute the talent, then every team becomes a super team, and therefore no team is a super team. Okay, I like where your head's at, but obviously the problem here comes in, which six markets do you kill? <laughs> so, exactly. So this is where I need need some help. Uh, so I've, I've broken my list into three categories. One are the untouchables. So these are cities that uh or we would not even consider uh removing basketball from them uh and then i have a very short list of teams that should obviously lose basketball uh and then that leaves about 10 teams in the middle uh that we i think need to kind of sort out so in terms of untouchables uh the untouchable teams mostly it's have they won a title um slash are they historically relevant to the league so boston philly indiana uh indiana i don't think has won a title but indiana deserves a professional sports league uh in basketball milwaukee cleveland chicago detroit miami the knicks the warriors portland houston san antonio dallas the lakers and i'm tempted to throw charlotte in there just because North Carolina does uh, basketball in this side does. Uh, any disagreements with my untouchables list? Yeah, like like you mentioned, it's like you know how how do you know is it league relevance, championships won, you know market share, location. You know, it seems kind of crazy to me that we're saving all three Texas teams. Um. But they've all won. See, if, I, I think if Dallas hadn't won in 2011, they, they'd uh, be on the chopping block. But I think now with Dirk and Luka, they've become must-see basketball. It's kind of crazy to me that you've kept uh, mostly Eastern teams. Yeah, that, that sort of ties into the history of the league, I suppose. I think if I was going to drop one from your list, I'd say it'd probably be like Indy or. We can't drop basketball from Indiana. I, I, I yeah. hate saying it because it's like their only professional sport and all the good stuff there. But the they're... one I'm the most fence with is Cleveland. Because obviously, if Cleveland hadn't just won a title uh, three years ago, they would be nowhere near this. Yeah, they'd list. be in Seattle. So. I could, I could see Cleveland too. Okay, you know, recency bias, but sure. Yeah. Okay. So on your, let's just head over to your obvious list now. So on your, on Michael's chopping block for like number one guaranteed getting out of the league instantly is uh, Atlanta, Minnesota, Sacramento, and Toronto. Any issues there? So the only logistical issues I see are, of course, the studio headquarters are in Atlanta. So <laughs> you need to build new ones of those everywhere. Uh, Minnesota, sure. Out in the middle of nowhere. 
Team's been mediocre for a long time. Sacramento, uh, yeah, sure, we're going to build you a new stadium and then kick your team out. <laughs> and uh, Toronto, because why the fuck is only one team in Canada? Might as well get rid of them. See, that that was my exact thinking on Toronto, was I don't think we need a international team. Or if you're going to have one, have one on both conferences, you know. So you're signing off with my four teams. Uh, these are the ones I would be leaving, Atlanta, Minnesota, Sacramento, and Toronto. I think Atlanta is the hardest one for me to get rid of, but... Good market, but none ever really happened there. And I don't think the fans really care about basketball. That's kind of the other thing is at least I know with Indiana fans care about uh, going to the games. You know, they actually care about their franchise. Yeah. It's got, a, it's got a much better college vibe. You know, basketball is really the only sport they play there. Um, you know, whereas Atlanta, you've got UGA football, you've got, you know, Atlanta United. I think Atlanta United has supplanted the Atlanta base in that city. Yeah, so you got a lot of things in Atlanta, and on top of that, you're, you know, reasonably close to Charlotte, so that's nice. Uh, and so then on the sort of fringe kill or not kill list, we've got Brooklyn, Orlando, Washington, Denver, OKC, Utah, New Orleans, Memphis, Phoenix, and the Clippers. So obviously, if you had made this list. Really, at any point in history, you could knock the Clippers off. So, <laughs> I'm sorry, Corey McGetty, but we're knocking your Clippers off. Um, similarly, like Washington. That would be really good news for the Lakers. See, if we eliminate, this actually helps LeBron load up his squad in LA. Because now Kawhi and Jimmy and KD, if they want to play in LA, LeBron. So I think number number two for me for instant gets is uh, Memphis. Memphis is like just such a weird case for me. It's like it's not really a basketball town. Like I've been there a few times and it's like the attendance has been low. I mean, most of it's because they've been kind of sucky these past couple years. But they were an expansion team. Never really got past like the second round of the playoffs. Never have like they, they made it to the conference finals five years ago when they have, played San Antonio. They've never really taken almost off a, since the expansion uh, draft, you know. Yeah, I guess it would make sense with the end of the Conley Gasol era, and they have no real direct. But New Orleans, New Orleans is kind of sticking out with me, just because at least with Memphis, they. At some point, has and they had some history, right? The grit and grind era goes all through Memphis. Whereas with New Orleans, we've already seen one franchise leave the city, the Jazz. Like, there's a precedent for New Orleans losing their team. Yeah. I, I feel bad about it, but at the same time, I don't because, you know, if you live in New Orleans, you can go you know, four or five hours away and just go to a Houston game. So it doesn't really matter. Market's small too. Like that's a huge factor, right? It's like talking stick arena or whatever the heck it was. Smoothie King center. <laughs> like those, those stands were never full, even when they made the playoffs. So if we eliminate the Clippers and Memphis, all those are in the Western conference. So should we realign the conferences uh, instead of East-West and the conferences all together and just have 24 teams in the league, uh, top 16, make the playoffs, bottom eight, earn the lottery? Should we just abandon divisions and conferences all together and just go with a 24-team league? I think we're on the same page here that we should just go ahead and do that anyways. But... Uh... You know, especially now since we've made it from 30 teams to 24, it make even more sense to really separate it based on uh, the Union or the Confederate states. And then all the undecided states are just 50-50 rolls. So, all right, Missouri, here we go. Yeah, that's what I was going for. Uh, <laughs> you got me. Uh, the one so I'd, the say, I'd say on your list, though, is Orlando. I think we can get rid of Orlando as well. 
the six teams that we eliminate were seven. Should those become G League teams? For like all the players that can't make it onto a roster spot because all the spots are full now from everyone being a superstar? Yeah, to expand the G League. Like expand the G League by throwing down these six teams. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's better than the Fort Wayne Mad Ants, you know, or the uh, Agua Caliente or the uh, the uh, Salt Lake Stars or whatever it's called. It's like, okay, let's just put a premier G League team in each one of these cities. That's basically going to be like a college all-stars team. Because uh, that would be dope. I'd be down for a college all-stars league. And then my last proposal is should the new 24 team nba and plus six added to the g league uh setup implement what they do in the english premier league where the bottom three teams get relegated out of the nba and the top three teams in the g league get promoted into the nba so we just have this constant flux of teams and talent going up and down that would be so hype. I'd love to see that because <laughs> think about like uh, like Brooklyn right now. Like Brooklyn this year would make it into the major league, and like that that city would be so hype because the Knicks obviously aren't going to make it. So, be really good for like those double double team cities, you know. And I guess my last uh, question on this whole thing is: out of the six teams that we eliminated. Uh, they get thrown into a draft, and the number one pick uh, goes to... So the number one pick, the obvious number one pick, is going to be Anthony Bennett, the G superstar. Which of those six teams do you think needs Anthony Bennett the most? i got to think real hard about this one. <laughs> All right. Let me, let me give you Anthony Bennett's CV. He was the actual number one in 2013 from UNLV. He's a power forward. A little small for power forward. He's only 6'8", but he's super chunky. Uh, he's got Canadian and Jamaican roots, so he is basically like a fat Andrew Wiggins. UNLV got blown out in the NCAA tourney pretty early. He has sleep apnea and asthma issues. His rookie season, he averaged four points a game and three rebounds as a power forward. <laughs> uh, he is the first ever number one pick to be in the D-League or G-League. Uh, and I don't know if he ever really cracked 30 points in any game. His total NBA salary is $16.5 million. And he's presumably the biggest bust in NBA history at the number one pick. I think the sadder part about him being the biggest bust is he got traded for Andrew Wiggins, which is also kind of a bust. No, he got traded with Andrew Wiggins for Kevin Love. Yeah, that's what I meant. It's like he got he got like he got <laughs> how badly with did him. Minnesota lose on that trade? It's like you had a fifty-fifty for one of these lottery picks to really pan out, and both of them just. <laughs> Well, Wiggins got the bump because Embiid, no. Yeah, Wiggins, Wiggins got the bump because Embiid was hurt Embiid, and everybody right? was scared, yeah. And Jabari, and Jabari. Is Andrew Wiggins the biggest bust at number one? No, absolutely not. Who are you thinking, faults? Of this decade, yeah. All right, so I've... I've since 1996, here are the number one picks. Allen Iverson, clearly not a bust. 97, Tim Duncan. 98, Michael Olandi. 99, Elton Brand. 2000, Kenyon Martin. 2001, this is kind of the first one, Kwame Brown. Are we going to count him as a bust? Uh, yeah. I mean, he he played like he he put stats on the board, right? Like, all right, let's 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 give let's him a bit of the. Let's keep going. Two thousand two, Yao. Two 
03 LeBron, 04 Dwight, 05 Andrew Bogut, 06 Bargnani. Oh jeez, I forgot about him. <laughs> Toronto just can't get a break. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Bennett's Canadian, and he could team up with the Maple Jordan himself. All right, 07 is Odin, who I don't think is really a bust in the same way that Crown's not really a bust, because he just had the whole leg length imbalance issue and health. I mean, he would have been good if he could stay healthy. It's more tragic right? than a he's bust. Like our, he's like our, he's like our, he's like our mid-aughts Embiid. Yeah, he's like the worst possible Embiid timeline. Uh, 2008, Rose. 09, Blake Griffin. 2010, John Wall. <laughs> not looking so good. Yeah, you could almost put John Wall on that list now, which is real sad. <laughs> I don't know. He hasn't been a bust. He's been he's been disappointing. He's been overrated, but he definitely hasn't been a bust. 2011, Kyrie. Like, John Wall made an all-star game. Multiple yeah, all-star that's games. that's true. I'm, I'm uh, being too 2012, hard Anthony Davis. 13, 14, Wiggins. 15, Cat. 16, Ben Simmons. 17, Fultz. And last year, DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, so the names that stick out to me on that list are we're we're in this league of uh, you know, this basically twenty years of you know, number one pick all time bust five is uh Kwame Brown, Bargnani, Greg Oden, Anthony Bennett, and Markel Fultz. Now you can't tell me that's not a great team if they're all good. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Fultz plays the one, and then you just have four big guys. Yeah, I mean that's that's about right. I mean that's what. Like, what who are you playing at center on this team? That's what the Sixers do, anyways, right? They play one point guard and four big guys. <laughs> yeah, but their point guard is seven feet tall. Yeah, but uh, you know Bennett was supposed to be like the Greg Oden. I mean, uh, not Greg Oden, uh, Lamar Odom of like this decade. You know. Oh man, that is sad when you put it that way. Yeah, especially once that cocaine report came out like a couple years ago. Maybe, maybe our maybe our uh, big three, big five basketball game should be the uh, five uh, players from the big three, and then these five guys: Kwame, Barnyani, Odin, and Fultz. That'd be a nice pickup game. You can sub the number ones uh, versus yeah. like the guys who actually had a career. You can sub out like Jay Williams for someone that has no knees left. <laughs> Like if someone's unable to play for some reason, you just put in like Jay Williams or like Jalen Rose or like T Mac or something. <laughs> I'd, I'd watch. I'd watch that game. So uh, before we go today, there's one more thing I would like to add to this podcast, and that is last night I ran a simulation of the NBA season with the, all of the trade deadlines put in, and of course no career-ending injuries that would happen. So basically, if the season started today, what would the playoffs look like and who would win? Um, so well, I'll start with the East in terms of uh, rank order. So the top eight of the East ended up being Toronto, Philly, Milwaukee, Washington, Boston, um, Indiana, Cleveland and Miami. <laughs> did Cleveland get in there? Yeah. So, uh, how the fuck did Cleveland get in there? And uh, Kevin Love. Washington is better than Boston, apparently. <laughs> Other than I mean, that, it that doesn't seem too bad. See. Well, Indiana, they both fall out. And Brooklyn. Brooklyn is not in the radar. And so let me tell you who who wins these games. And Detroit. <laughs> you left out Detroit, too. So uh, Toronto 4-1's Miami. And Boston 4-2's Washington. Uh, <laughs> Indiana 4-2's Milwaukee. And Philly 4-2's Cleveland. <laughs> and then the, the next round... Why, 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 why does it take six games for Philly to beat Cleveland? I have no clue. I mean, this is with Tobias Harris and Jimmy Butler. Is LeBron still on that team? They didn't win, so no. But uh, (laughs) apparently Kevin Love is just ridiculously good or something. 
Um, okay. <laughs> okay, so then the second round, uh, Toronto 4-3's Boston and Philly 4-3's Indiana. And then That's it, actually a really good second round. Yeah, like that's actually something that could legit happen too. Like if Oladipo yeah. wasn't hurt, you know. Um, Even if Oladipo is hurt, I think they've won. I mean, they've been five and three since Oladipo's been down. So they actually like holding steady. And then for the Eastern Finals, uh, Philadelphia four ones Toronto. Wow, not even close. Yeah. Ah, oh, GG Toronto. Always, man. Toronto just yeah, smoked in the, smoked in the last round again. <laughs> okay, so then the West is when things get real tricky. So. <laughs> Uh, let's, well, I'm just going to go through these. Uh, so number one ranked team in the West, OKC, best record in the league, <laughs> Russell Westbrook MVP, uh, Paul George Defensive Player of the Year. Okay, so number one, OKC. Uh, number two, Golden State. Number three, Houston. Number four, Denver. Number five, Lakers. Number six, Spurs. Wow. Number seven, Portland. And number eight, New Orleans. I think it's actually math, almost mathematically impossible for the Lakers to even be that high. Yeah, so that's obviously um, just LeBron being overrated in 2K. Um, also, New Orleans you obviously if, isn't going to be there. But Could yeah. you imagine if they actually did make the playoffs in New Orleans? Like, Anthony Davis is playing minutes, right? I mean, not, not however five minutes a game, but could you imagine if they accidentally made the playoffs? <laughs> so, uh, what's the notable <laughs> exception off this list? Utah, maybe? Yeah, I was going to say Utah. Um, also, some combination of either the Kings or maybe the Mavs. Because I assume, does the Mavs count Kristaps healthy? Yes. Interesting. Yeah, I think it's a defensive thing. So I think like, I think Luca is like really crappy on defense in two K. So I think that doesn't help a lot. Um, so then uh, here's how the the games go. So OKC four two against New Orleans. Uh, the Lakers four one Denver. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, the games like. 85 to 80 because if the games go above 110 how are the Lakers possibly going to score enough points i think that's i think that's funny because i feel like it could really happen like lebron could just be that smart to like just destroy denver um okay so then uh houston four twos the spurs um and then golden state four ones portland again like rip portland dude <laughs> They always get matched up against Golden State like two, like three <laughs> rounds too early. Uh, okay, so then next round, OKC four ones the Lakers. Paul George gets his sweet revenge, and then Golden State four O's Houston. <laughs> okay, but then the last round it gets the last round is our first uh, real like good seven game series, and that is Golden State four threes OKC. Uh. And I swear to God, if Kevin Durant just puts a monster number, man, that'd be actually a really entertaining series. So now you've got a Sixers-Warriors finals. And the way this breaks down is Joel Embiid wins finals MVP, putting up like 27, 14, <laughs> and 3. And they the Sixers win 4-3. That's pretty conceivable. That would be such a good matchup. Two things have to go really right. Clay be pretty awful. Iguodala has to be sort of broken down. Livingston, you, you know, that entire kind of second unit has to be pretty poor. You know, Draymond has to kind of airball a few things. And and so then the last simulation I ran yesterday was the all-star teams versus each other. Just as an early prediction for this coming weekend and that is uh team Giannis wins are pretty handily by like 20 points with uh steph being the leading scorer well he's the only person on that team that really shoots yeah that's everybody else pretty is... much it 
Giannis has what three centers? Embiid, Embiid, Jokic, and Vucevic. Vucevic, yeah. <laughs> Man, that's crazy. So with that, folks, we'll leave you on this fantastic uh, Valentine's Day edition of Heart in the Paint podcast. Uh, we always appreciate your questions, comments, concerns, and feedbacks in the uh, emails or in the uh, comments section below. We do appreciate it if you give us a like and a share. It really helps out a lot. And we'll be back uh, soon for covering the All-Star Game and All-Star Weekend and perhaps the most uh, meaningest time in the NBA. And who knows who might be on a different team next time we uh, sign on here. So with that, everybody have a fantastic evening.